we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> all right, guys, welcome back to another episode of From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers the host. And today I have with me Ryan Dice, who is co-founder and um, CEO of digitalmarketer.com. That's right. Uh, as well as you started Traffic and Conversion Summit. And so talk to me a little bit about digitalmarketer.com and what that does. Sure. So Digital Marketer is uh, a, a digital marketing training company. We don't do the marketing. We train other companies. We train marketers at companies how to be better marketers and really the the company started as a side project uh we you know we're we're needing to train our own team figure out you know ourselves trying to figure out how does all this stuff happen how does it how does it work and um i found that a way that i could make some extra money on the side while i was launching my own businesses was you know to teach and talk about marketing and um it kind of became its its own business and got got spun out into its own project and now it's kind of my primary day job is it all things digital marketing or where where does it focus um, primarily? So what's funny about it is digital marketing used to be this very narrow subject. It was mm-hmm. just build a website. Right. Uh, and now it's kind of becoming all things marketing. It, okay. It's hard to do marketing without doing digital. Okay. You think about even video. Yeah. You know, where, where does video marketing become yeah. digital marketing? But we really loosely break it down into eight kind of main, we call it the eight critical core disciplines. Okay. Um, and it has to do with, with really just... Um, Funnel design. Uh, a lot of what we talk about is it, it's about generating awareness, but more, more and more, we just go back to what are the tried and true things that have always worked in marketing, applying them to new channels. If you if you were to come to the digital marketer offices, I, all the art in the office is of old school direct response people. So we have giant pieces of of custom art that we've had made that was old, you know, David Ogilvy ads, mm-hmm. and um, you know the old Charles Atlas ad. I don't mm-hmm. know if you you know, old enough to have the, remember those well, comic no, books. Well, and, Ogilvy, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so all the old greats, that's what's around our office because mm-hmm. I want everybody on the digital marketer team to realize you know, we're standing on the shoulders of these giants. Yeah. But it's the Modern same technology. stuff. It's the same stuff. Yeah, we're doing the exact same thing, right? The storytelling um, formats that we use are very timeless. The, the sales principles, principles that we use, we've just gone and applied them to social media and um, and to online video in a way that just... It is kind of fresh in incorporating comedy and branding and all that stuff into it. But yeah, it's the the principles are as old as the sun. <laughs> it yeah, seems like there's yeah. nothing there is nothing new under the sun. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so can you talk to me a little bit about your background of what kind of led you into that? What's your what's your origin story look like? <laughs> okay, depending on how far far back I go. So birth, um, uh, no, yeah, we're gonna start at birth. It was a, a wonderful cozy womb. No, um, <laughs> the uh, funny enough, it, it, I made my very first sale online in 1999. I, I was a freshman uh, at the University of Texas mm-hmm. in Austin, and um, the reason that I started doing that is that. That same year, I met a girl, and I said, she's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, within probably a couple of weeks of dating, I said, she's probably, this is probably the woman I'm going to marry. Uh, I didn't tell her that, because that would have been kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but I just, I, you know, I knew. I didn't necessarily set out to, um, it's not, not like I went to college and said, I want to meet my future wife my freshman year. But um, but I didn't, and I just remember this this thought this this sense of terror came over me where it's like wait a minute if i'm gonna get married i need to have a ring 
and that needs to have a diamond on it and diamonds are expensive and I'm broke. <laughs> and so the whole thing was I just need to figure out how can I generate some how extra money. How to get the diamond. Right. That was really what it came down to. Yeah. And, I, and I remember thinking, okay, they're about $10,000 if I can figure out how to make it. And I did the math and was, if I can just figure out a way and I had a part-time job but that just paid for you know food. Um, there wasn't a whole lot left over after food and shelter. And um, it was 1999. The dot-com bubble hadn't yet burst and I thought, you know, I'll just... I'll just start an internet company. Gosh, everybody else is. Uh-huh. Um, I taught myself how to do web design. Well, my roommate taught me how to do web design. Okay. And uh, <laughs> my my very first client, uh, I, you know, I went out trying to pitch myself as a web designer. Nobody wanted to hire me because I'd never actually built a website. Weird. Um, but finally, I found one lady uh, through like a friend of a friend of a friend who she needed a website built, had 500 bucks that she was going to give me. So I was like, I'll take it. Uh, and she was a lactation consultant. So okay. here I am, a 19-year-old kid, building a website for a lactation consultant. It was one of the more, I'm you know... HTML. Uh, awkward. Right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh-huh. But just in general, I mean, I'm basically building a website with, like, breast pumps all over it. Like, at 19, <laughs> it was just em- embarrassing. Really awkward first start. Um, so to make a long story a little bit shorter, she was unable to pay me. Her husband lost her job, lost oh, his darn. job. She had to go back to work. Didn't need the website anymore. But she's really smart. She told me, um, you know, I don't want to lose my clients once their kids wean. So I also want to produce this ebook on how to make your own baby food. So she had me help her produce and, and create this ebook on how to make your own baby food. So when she couldn't pay me, she said, it's fine. You can have the ebook on how to make your own baby food. What am I going to do with that? <laughs> that was your payment. That was the payment. Something that like, you were like, this is kind of worthless to me. <laughs> it's utter, and, but I just remember thinking, what can I do with this? Uh, I didn't have money from the website, didn't have anything. And um, I went and I remember going online and saying, how many people actually are looking for this? And this is back when Google would tell you how many people actually search for particular subjects. I found there were a lot of people searching for how to make your own baby food. So one night I built a simple little one-page website, um, put a download link to the PDF on a password-protected page, and uh, put it up for sale for 14 bucks. And I woke up the next morning and I'd sold one. <laughs> and uh, and I said, there might be something here. Uh-huh. So that was how it got started. Long, to make a still long story slightly shorter, um, I did wind up buying the ring. I did wind up marrying the girl. And 15 years and four kids later, um, what started as a one little page website is now, you know, a decent little digital publishing endeavor. Awesome. That's great. Um, so you already mentioned kind of one story where you had sort of a, you know, not so ideal situation turned into something better. And the the theme of this podcast is from poop to gold. So we always have our guests think in terms of that as think of times in your career when you've had a really crappy situation and you've been able to turn it into something positive. Do you have any other stories like that one where you got a payment of this like this ebook that you're like, oh, this is worthless, and then you turn it into something better? But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I have tons because I've made a lot of really poor decisions uh, in in business. I remember um, when. So now, fast forward, uh, I've married the girl. It, we're a couple years, you know, in, into uh, marriage. Actually, probably about four years married. Had uh, had two kids at that point, a nice big house with a nice big mortgage. And I remember getting a phone call. I remember it vividly. It was on a Sunday night and I received a phone call from, from my accountant. Um, 
I now know it's really bad when your accountant calls you on a Sunday night. And uh, at the time you didn't, and so you answered. Yeah, and I, I answered. So, That's weird. Hey, and uh, and I remember just saying like, "Wow, you had a really good year last year." I now know it's bad when your accountant compliments you on the year that you had the previous year, and basically said, "Please tell me you've paid some quarterly payments that I don't know about, because by my calculations, you owe about a quarter million dollars to the IRS." Please oh, tell me you have that. And I said, I don't have that. And um, and uh, I just remember feeling crushed because, you know, prior to that, I had got myself in about a quarter million dollars of credit card debt. So wow. um, the first really year that my wife and I were married, um, I uh, things got hard. I mean, I, I've talked about it before, but you know, the, there were a lot of, you know, regulations and standardization that came in in the in the industry and you know google made it a lot more difficult to to buy advertising ad costs went up seo got a lot harder and in trying to figure it out i wound up spending i wound up getting a quarter million dollars in credit card debt buying google ads like this i wasn't buying lamborghinis i was buying google ads so two years after that i finally have dug myself out of this hole i didn't have to file bankruptcy i'm feeling like ah I'm finally just broke. Free of all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be rich. I just want to be broke. Just, yeah, just I just wanted to be at zero. New baseline. And, now I'm, and I had this year and I'm feeling like, yes, we're there. What I didn't realize is the way that I got myself out of that hole was by not paying the IRS. <laughs> you know? It's convenient. So I, I just went from owing, you know. You heard it here first, folks. Ryan says, do not pay the IRS. <laughs> I, I will actually, people, people ask me all the time, what's your biggest step? I'll say, I'll pay your taxes. Because <laughs> um, it's bad. You know, I mean, it's one thing to owe a bunch of money to, to Visa and MasterCard. It's another thing to owe money to an institution that has missiles, right? Yeah. You don't want to mess with them. So, um, yeah, so I remember getting that phone call. And it's Sunday, and, and uh, April 15th, tax day was on Thursday. And I remember sitting there, and it's one of the uh, only couple times in my adult life that I cried. Like I'm sitting there on the couch, kids were in bed. Uh, my wife ruined. sitting right next to me, thinking like, I, I knew that it would be okay eventually, but I just knew it's like back on the treadmill. Like I got to go back. I thought I was through it, and I'm not. And um, just that, just sense of like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And um, and I just remember my wife sitting there, and she she just said, I don't know why you're so upset. You'll figure something out. You always do. And then she just got up and went to bed. And I was like, <laughs> okay. That's amazing. That was pretty, uh, it was exactly what I needed to, you know, yeah. to hear. And I, and I told her, I said, can I have permission? I just want 24 hours to mope and feel sorry for myself. And uh, so I got 24 hours to mope and feel sorry for myself. Um, the next day I, I pulled an all-nighter. And what I did is I, I created six different offers for the six different companies that I was running at that time. Mm. And... Uh, and and what I what I did, I said, I, I can't build all this stuff from scratch. So I looked back over the previous 12 months. I said, what campaign did we do over the previous 12 months that worked the best? Mm-hmm. What if I just do that again? Now, that sounds really obvious, but at the time, I never repeated offers. If we did a sale or if we did a promotion or even if we launched a product, I, would, I was always thinking I got to come up with the new. Yeah. I've got to come up with new. I never thought if it worked before, it, it might just it work, work again. again. Yeah. So as, as silly as that sounds, it, that's, so I just went back and said, which one worked the best? I'm looking through my shopping carts and things like that. Okay, what did I do this month? What did I do that week? Look at where sales spiked. And I pulled it, reformatted the, the emails. You know, in, in some cases, it was something around a holiday, so I couldn't use it. So I had to create some other ones. But that, I pulled an all-nighter and created six campaigns for six different companies, press send on broadcasts to all of them, went to bed and woke up the next morning, and there was seventy thousand dollars 
across all of them. That's and uh, and I remember thinking, okay, I've got a, I've got a shot. That's you know, so cool. I, I've, I've got a shot, and I've kept going over the next couple of days. And and that week, um, I generated enough in revenues, a little over three hundred thousand dollars. I generated enough in revenue uh, to both cover my two hundred fifty thousand dollars tax bill and the taxes I now owed on the money <laughs> to pay the tax bill. Yes. See, I learned my exactly. lesson. No, yeah. I generated all this revenue, and I sent all of it to the IRS. And for the first time in probably five, six years, I was officially broke. And it felt amazing. <laughs> I was back at zero. That's so um, cool. It, it, it felt great. So, yeah, I would tell people definitely keep an eye on your cash flow. Pay your taxes. <laughs> so what's so cool about that story is the fact that, like you said, um, necessity is kind of that you know mother of invention. And you had to – that – that ability to go and run an additional campaign that had already worked in the past was sitting in front of your face that entire time. But had you not gone through that low of like, I've got to do something, you you probably wouldn't have opened up your mind to it in I, that way. I know for a fact I wouldn't because I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I think success makes you stupid. Okay, it really yeah. does. Um, I, I think success makes you lazy. Success makes you fat. Um, and uh, we learn when we lose. Yes. We learn when we when we fail, and and, um, and and I think success is the benefit of of a series of combined failures and losses that you learned from, and it's a painful way. I mean, I think yeah. I figured out a lot of stuff, and it's generally because I got myself in a really bad situation. I wish I wish I were more wise to learn. That's why, frankly, I read more books now because um, books generally are the, the you know the best books are written by people who have fallen pretty hard and learned from it. I think that's mm-hmm. a way to shortcut and to learn without having to make your own mistakes. Yeah. Um, but but I absolutely agree. I, I don't believe, had, had I not had my back against the wall, that I would have thought about it. That's great. That's really good advice. Read more. And kind of, what one of the things um, I, I say a lot around Harmon Brothers is that you want to embrace embarrassment. So for a creative, when we approach different projects, sometimes you get really precious about your creation, whether it's a script or whether it's an edit or some sort of an idea you have where, oh, do I really want to run it by those other people and then have them pick it apart and me feel really yucky and, and go through that process. But the sooner you can get to that, to that failure, like you said, that's, that's the ne- next step towards success. I, th- I think it, it has to do with two things. Number one, um, be careful where you place your identity. Mm-hmm. So if you, if your identity is all, if, if your identity is around your creation and this work that 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 you're putting out there then i think you're going to have a very difficult and challenging life as a creator mm-hmm. especially um so if you're going to identify first and foremost as you know as a husband as a father or as something else then then your creation is just that it's something that you created um it it, it, it there's a part of you that's certainly in it of course but um but it's not the whole of you right um and i think also it's acknowledging i, I deal with this now because we we just launched a new software project Mm -hmm. out of out of digital marketer we spun out a new company and so i'm taking a brand new product to market and my team on this they've only really known us you know they're coming out of digital marketer where we get to look smart because we've been doing this for over 10 years and we figured a lot of things out and going back we we repeat a lot of the things that worked in the past so we've stockpiled a lot of winners well now we're going out with a brand new product into a brand new market we don't know anything and so we're gonna have to go out there and try a lot of stuff, and it's going to fail. 
And so I'm having to set their expectations and say, we're going to go and we're going to do some stuff. Expect most of it not to work. Right. But expect us to learn from all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, you don't actually, when something does work, you learn almost nothing. Because <laughs> you have no way of knowing, were we right or lucky? Uh-huh. When it doesn't work, you at least know this clearly failed. Mm-hmm. You have way more to learn. Scientists get this. Scientists, uh, you know, it's perfectly acceptable in science to run an experiment that fails, that it doesn't is. meet with your hypothesis. Yeah, at the heart of it, it is the scientific process. Yeah. And so be careful where you place your identity and also acknowledge um, to yourself, and, and certainly if you're working with a team, this is a part of, of the process. We're going to put it out there. Probably nobody's going to like it. We're going to learn. We're going to fix it, make it better. And let's just be thankful for the fact that we're able to do that, that there are people who will give us feedback. And let's be thankful for the fact that we live in a time where we can test in small increments, that we don't have to run this campaign out to... Can you imagine? I mean, truly you. So I'm flip this. Can I... Okay. You mind if I ask yeah, you a question? Fire away. How terrified would you be if somebody came to you and said, we, run, we want to run a Super Bowl ad? Now... Well, we already experienced that. Oh, really? Did you... But, did, but if they <laughs> I said... I was terrified. <laughs> they said, nobody, nobody can, can see it. We, you're not... You can't test it. You can't run a, a snippet. No, we it was... We want to keep it all under wraps. Yeah, it was genuinely terrifying because our traditional way... Our way of doing things is very much to test to yeah. what works best because we don't necessarily know at a gut level, right. right? That's the great starting point. But from there, you have to get the feedback of of an audience, of real people, of a real market. And um, we had a potential client approach us about doing just that. And yeah, it was, I was like, holy mackerel. We, we were going to do it. We were going to go for it if they wanted to go ahead. But um, it just, things turned out that the green light never happened. Um, but I, I was, I was scared for that very reason. Yeah. And, and, it, and I like doing things where I don't have to, I don't like a zero sum game. I don't like an all or nothing. I'm not going to, I don't want to skydive. Shoot open, shoot doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know, I know it pretty much always opens, except when it doesn't. <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't like it to be that binary. So, I, I, I think I'm, I'm thankful that we we do live in time. We have technology. We can test cheap. We can test small. It's part of the process. Yeah, I love that. I love. We say that all the time. Do it cheap before you do it expensive. Like you said, testing cheap and small, getting your minimum viable product, all that stuff. Great principles. Well, since you've got traffic and conversion summit that you've. Um, obviously been running with now for 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. I um, want to ask a little bit about kind of your approach to networking because that's that's got to be a huge part of building that business, right? Is just um, getting to know people and plugging them into the right places and stuff. What's, what's your approach to networking? So I'm an introvert. Um, and my approach to networking is to go and hide in the corner away <laughs> from all the strangers that want to stab me and sell me drugs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'll tell you, it's, it's very, very difficult for me. Um, what what I do is, be, knowing that that's difficult, and yet I still need to do it, uh, I have somebody on my team who is the exact opposite. Okay. And, um, and it is his job to go and to make friends f- so I don't have to, and then to introduce me mm-hmm. to them and yep. to vet these types of, of relationships. So I am really good when it's time to have a business discussion. Yeah. So let's sit down and do this. And, and once it's there, now we can hang out and we can be friends. But the small talk that leads up to it, the the business development, the boo 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 finger guns, mm-hmm. I'm bad at it. I don't like it. Um, I make it awkward for everyone involved. I've learned <laughs> it's just best that I not do it. And, and so, um, and so now I've got somebody on the team who did it. Prior to us being in a position where we could have somebody full time, that that's what they did. I did it. I sucked it up, and I just said, "You're going to go and you're going to talk to X number of people." 
Uh, I remember at Traffic and Conversion Summit, this would have been five years ago. So that's how you would do it, is you would set a goal of how many people you were going to talk to, and then you would just go do that, like, like it was sales calls. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and do this. And I learned it from from being in sales. I mean, mm-hmm. my the job that I had in, uh, coming right out of college, before I quit to go full-time with my business, um, we had to make 100 dials a day. That was it. Yeah. You dialed the phone 100 times. Or you lose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was That was what I did. So... Um, traffic conversion summit, yeah, five years ago when we pivoted, when digital marketer pivoted from just selling courses to actually selling certifications, mm-hmm. I didn't know if anybody actually wanted it or who would want it. So I, I said from the stage, this is the direction that we're headed. This is what we're doing. If you think you might be interested, I'll be at the booth all day. Come and talk to me. And I remember saying those words from the stage in a room full of probably about 2,500, 3,000 people and just dying inside <laughs> that I had just said it. But now... There was no going back. I was going to have those. And I sat at the booth all day long and I talked to a couple hundred people. But by the time I was done that day, I knew exactly who our ideal target market was. I knew the words that would get them. And so, but, but I had to say in my, that day I said, I want to talk, I want to have at least 50 conversations. Yeah. And I, I stopped counting yeah. after 50, but yeah. that's what I do. It's I'm going to, I'm going to go and, and do this. It's just, you have to, you have to do it. I don't like it when people say, oh, I can't do that. Shut up. There's nothing you're being asked to do in the world today that's like actually that difficult. If somebody's like, eh, you know, I need you to I need you to run from, you know, Texas to California. Like that's one of those things like, okay, you might be physically incapable of doing <laughs> of doing that. But even then it's like, how long do I have? <laughs> that's right. Um, I think people give up way too way too quickly. That's great. It's not great that they give up way too quickly, but, <laughs> but, but it's great, great advice that we can all suck yeah, it up and get it, through stuff that's hard, right? It's good for us that good. maybe our competitors give up too quickly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, where should our audience search you out? Where 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 do you want to point them? Yeah, so um, on on Twitter, that's, that, that, that's me. Um, okay. I mean, I've got um, folks that will post, uh, you know, on my behalf sometimes, but if... if uh, you know, if you see me and, and you tweet out to me, I'm likely to respond, you know, personally. I may not do it immediately if I'm traveling, but I love Twitter because I love the brevity of the conversation getting back to the um, get, getting back to the introversion side. But uh, Twitter and LinkedIn okay. for sure. So if you search, uh, you know, Ryan Dice there. Uh, Facebook is all my team. I'll be honest. That's, yeah. you know, I'm, it's just too much I appreciate to, the transparency. To, to keep up with. But uh, I really like I really like Twitter and also uh, just digitalmarketer.com. Okay. That's a word. Digitalmarketer.com. But not our best stuff. Yeah. Awesome. I've got a gift here for you, Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. But this is our book from Poop to Gold. Thank you very much. This one also right here is Unicorn Gold from Squatty Potty, which is a toilet spray. And then Taos Bakes, those um, little energy bars right there. Very nice. Well, thank thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. And um, And I want to say thanks for the work that, that you do. It's really inspired a lot of what we've done. I was passing around... Your videos, yeah. Thank years you so ago. much for doing that. I did a, you know, I did a podcast episode all about the chat books ad, trying to deconstruct that. So I've learned tremendously from watching uh, the work that uh, that you've done and, and everybody at the Harmon Brothers have done. So so thanks for showing that um, that direct response can still be funny and it can still be cool and still be effective. Oh, thank so, you very it's much. Not a, you know, it's not that uh, they're not mutually exclusive. Awesome. That's what we're going for. Thank you. So guys, remember to like. Follow, subscribe, share, all that good stuff, and we'll see you on the next one.